Get your cannabis here. Weed for sale. Come on. It's Massachusetts. Come on down. We've got it for sale. As long as you are over 21 years old, you can now buy cannabis legally in Massachusetts. And you have not one, not two, not three, but four places where you can do it. And people are flocking from all over New England to get in line and purchase legal cannabis in the basement. Welcome to In the Weeds with Jimmy Young, everybody, and we'll get to our very special in-studio guest, Dennis Ozer, in just a moment. But just remember that this podcast is available for you to listen to for your enjoyment on clnsmedia.com. Just click on the cannabis leaf and it'll take you right to the In the Weeds podcast. Click on that logo and up we come and enjoy. Now, you can also find a video version of this on theweedtube.com, as well as iTunes and iHeartRadio. As always, this program is supported by our friends at Revolutionary Clinics, now with two locations to serve you, where the patient always comes first in Cambridge and in Somerville. They're now offering infused beverages at their locations in Massachusetts. And remember, they always have uh, educational nights on their Somerville location and now coming to Cambridge as well. To find out more about Revolutionary Clinics, log on to revolutionaryclinics.org. You can find them at 67 Broadway or 110 Fawcett Street in the Fresh Pond area of the Republic of Cambridge, Massachusetts. Joining me in studio today is someone, I'll be perfectly honest, I consider him a friend. He's a neighbor, a friend. He is a multi-time cancer survivor. We'll get into that in a moment. He's also a former professional basketball coach in Europe and was a pretty good playground and also schoolboy player in Brooklyn, New York, where he calls home. And you will be able to tell which one is from Boston and which one is from Brooklyn. Dennis Ozer, thank you so much for coming in today. And thank you for having me, Jimmy. We understand that you got introduced to it early in life. What role has it played during your uh, battle with cancer over the last 15 years? Well, it's interesting because um, when I first started, when they when I found out how sick I was, you know, they take you into the hospital, they give you the... Um, uh, what's going to happen to you? You know mm-hmm. what I mean. They told me that you know the induction chemo part, which was like thirty days or so, was not going to be a friendly um, experience. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the stem cell transplant team came in, and I had a great nurse, Tony. She was unbelievable, tough woman, and uh, always told the truth. And Tony said. Um, I was talking to me how sick I was going to get on that portion of it. And she said, but we have great drugs. And, you know, at this point I said, well, if your drugs don't work, could I bring my own? And she said, what are you, boys from Brooklyn going to come up? Are you going to be smoking bongs in the bathroom here? <laughs> and I, you know, and she started laughing. She says, well, I'll tell you one thing. The only thing I could tell you about smoking weed after a, a stem cell transplant is, and it, this got a hold of me, you're going to fucking die. Okay. From, so I say, that's what I said. Pretty, okay, thank you, Jimmy. Pretty, 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 I get you. I think I hear you. Yes. No, I heard you very loud that's and clear. Right. And she told me about the fungus in the weed at the point, And with such a compromised immune system that I would have serious, serious trouble. Right. So um, I said, well, she's pretty straightforward. I'm not going to do whatever I'm going to do. So it took me a couple of years 
And but I I will tell you um, that they had this synthetic marinol. I think it was called. That's what it is. Yep. Yeah, synthetic marinol. So I was doing a lot of that till the doctor took me off of that. He took one look, and I I think my eyes were twinkling. <laughs> and you you said, look like you're having fun on this drug, Dennis. <laughs> right, is that I, what he said? I said, you know, I need another hundred <laughs> pills here. This like thing. He says, how many are you taking? You know, I said, well, you know, you. T- it's prescribed one every eight hours, but I was really up to about uh, two every two hours. So, okay. So, well, but it was it was all medicinal, right? right. And it right. was all legal and everything like right. that. And then, you know, then, you know, a little bit later, you know, they really started getting into a few years later, a couple of years ago, actually, with the vaping and everything like that. Well, you have a medical card, yes? I, yes, I went out and I immediately have got a first medical card figuring that, um, if I needed it, I would have it, and if I had it, I would do it, mm-hmm. but I was always looking for another delivery system, and then I got some kind of infection um, about two years ago after my second transplant where I had a, some a lung infection. It's a child's RSV, it was called. Little kids get it year, you know, six months old or two weeks old and mm. everything like that, and I was coughing for, I was on the couch for like three and a half months. It mm. set me back quite a bit. And I realized I should never smoke again. Okay. So, and then thank God that we're in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Thank God for all these revolutionary people. That's right. That were that came through. Mascan and, and Normal and all the people that worked so hard. Bill Downing's out there as an advocate for so many years, and you know th- they had you in mind, even though they didn't know you. Right. And, and the surprise is how many people look at it just as getting high, but this is a medicine for me and for so many other people. And now, is the more and more I go to a, a dispensary or so, I see much more elderly people in line. It's not mm. just kids, 21, 22, you know, right. who, who are, got a card for some kind of emotional or physical ailment. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of people utilizing this, or at least they're faking utilizing <laughs> they, this. They, right, as medicine. But, that, but a lot of first-timers, and when you go to a, a dispensary, whether it's our friends at Revolutionary Clinics or Netta or Garden Remedies or some of these, you do see a lot of... Um, and I don't want to put an age on it because age is just a number. Um, but let's just say people that had never done it before, they're plus 70, 75, 80 years old. And they're in line because they have suffered from chronic pain. They have suffered from arthritis. They've been suffered from whatever has ailed them. They now have a an option that they'd like to try for the first time. You've heard some stories. We've all had our stories about edibles. You talk about you didn't want to smoke it anymore. It's one of the first things when I got my medical card, when I went into the uh, dispensary and I said, look, I don't want to smoke it anymore either, but I do enjoy it. And it helps me. It helps mask the pain. It helps me deal with the maintenance of chronic pain that you get from osteoarthritis, which is what I have. And of course, anybody's ever seen my fingers, they know. Um, So what was your challenge? You said you didn't want to smoke it. So how did you land on using tinctures, which I think is what you use now. Well, mostly tinctures. Well, you know, the next thing, well, the vape, I, I always felt it was smoke. I, I, I vaped one time, and I after I took a hit or two, I said, what am I doing to my lungs after I had been through this uh, mm-hmm. experience with this with this lung disease? Mm-hmm. So um, I said, well, you know, I'm just going to go to lozenges first. So I started doing lozenges yep. and everything like that. How many milligrams in those lozenges? Do you remember? Yeah, I do remember because I couldn't believe that I, here I am was doing, it was 10 milligrams and I'm cutting them in half 
And then when I went back to the dispensary and I'm seeing lozenges for 50 to 100 milligrams, right. I would ask somebody, man, who's doing this stuff, man? Who who, who, right. who can handle that much? And they just shook their hand. It cost them a lot of money, but they, they're, getting, <laughs> they're getting help with it's, it, whatever it is. Right. As far as cakes were concerned, you know, I had an experience because I lived in Holland in the early 70s. And we used to go up to the Milky Way in um, in in Amsterdam, which was uh, original coffee, cannabis club, cannabis club, coffee club, cannabis club, and yep. everything like that. And they used to sell on the second floor space cakes, with or without. You know, the space cakes and everything like that. And you never knew because, we, like, you could eat a half a cake and never get off because. All the hash was on the other side of the cake. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly right. Know. This but was an unregulated product, let's just say, right? Yeah, thank you. Thank right. you, thank the, you for, for normalizing. Well, that's what I'm trying right. to do is figure it out, too, because we're ta- you were talking about the 70s. This is early 70s, 73, 74. Has, has Amsterdam always kind of yeah. had it, the whole, it just always has been the place? Yeah, but now it's a little bit tighter. Now it's only in Amsterdam. The mayor okayed it in <clears> Amsterdam. But, um, you know, some of the towns in southern, like Maastricht, which is really in the south, which borders on Belgium and close to Germany, they've had such traffic jams, which are similar to the ones they're having out in... Uh, Leicester and Northampton. Exactly, yeah. that they kind of banned it, and they had so many people coming in from other countries, from Germany, and from you know, wherever, Switzerland, wherever it is, so they had to stop some of it. I don't know where it stands now, but I had read an article a couple of years ago. But it was very, very accepted there. You know, either you were drinking a lot of beer or, you know, right. do, doing some Jägermeister shots and everything like that. Or, you know, it was okay to be high as long as you did it in the coffee shops and not in the street. Interesting. Yeah, That's it interesting. was always like that. Has anybody, you know, it's funny, you know, they're talking about um, the commission is always looking for stories of people and their usage of it. Has anybody ever approached you um, about sharing your story. I mean, your story of the cancer fight has been documented. But as far as, you know, what you were up to in the 70s when you were coaching basketball in Europe, has anybody asked you about that? And, and I mean, have you ever thought about perhaps sharing that story with anyone on the commission? Sharing it with Jimmy Yo-Yo here. I appreciate man. it. All right, all right. Sure, this is true. I should, no, I mean, I've, you know, I've had some contact with some other people. One of my uh, who's my assistant coach in a long long ago is now a uh, major player in European in, in international basketball Co- um he's the general manager of in Turkey and before he was general manager in Italy and Dan Tony from uh Houston had worked for him Messina had worked for him who's now the assistant coach of Popovich so there were a lot of people who went through that and, you know, um, I just had recently went to a, um, a reunion in New York City about uh, six months ago where there were 10 guys who grew up in New York, hadn't seen some of them in 30 or 35 years, and we just got together at a bar. Somebody put it together, and they're all involved. Everybody was involved in European basketball as a player or coach, or now a couple are still scouts and everything like that. And it was an amazing experience to just think where we were at that time because European basketball is so popular now. But we were like, you know. You were the pioneers. Pioneer, yeah. You, would, you were bringing an American game to Europe. But there was, it was prior to that because Bill Bradley played in Italy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And a few other guys, Doug Moe played over there. There were a couple of guys who came in. But this was a, um, 
where every team was trying to take either one or two Americans, depending on what the league rules were right. in the particular country. But, um, yeah, there were some pioneers in there, and there were some great players at the time. And now there's some great players over here, you know, and you look at this kid, Luka Doncic. I mean, who's better than him? Right. And he's what, 19? 19 to 20, but he's been playing for Real Madrid since he's like 14 or 15 and playing for the major team since he's 17. He won European Player of the Year at 19 last year, won the European Championship. I mean... He's the real deal. He's he's a uh, a world superstar. He's a, playing he, in our backyard. A lot of people still probably don't know him, uh, unless the you know he played against the Celtics. I think a couple of weeks ago too, didn't he? I, no, he might have. I don't. I think I missed that game. Yeah. But, you know the ceiling. You know somebody said the other day he has no ceiling. I mean he's six eight. He they said the same thing about the king. The, uh, Mr. LeBron had no ceiling right, either. Right, exactly. And I don't think uh, he can touch the ceiling, though, that, which is very important. Not something that you and I will ever experience. I but but Luca, go, Luca plays on the ground. He's yeah. kind of like Larry Bird in that sense. He plays on the ground. He has an IQ, a very savant, savant. You know, he's a basketball savant yeah. with his moves and everything like that. It's, he's a very, very interesting player. And anybody who's listening to this on or out of the weed program <laughs> should be watching this guy. <laughs> I catch it. I know we don't know if he ever partakes or not. Although in the NBA, you know, this is very interesting. We we joke, we're laughing about it here. Um, in the Boston area, um, most of the sports fans, a very passionate area. In fact, I maintain it's the greatest sports town in America. Um, Josh Gordon has just been banned from football probably for the last time. He's not probably going to come back. It's like I think it's his third or fourth strike, unless it's baseball and like Steve Howe and you get nine strikes. But anyway, um, he's he's had to leave the game, and we don't know if it was cannabis that he was. He's had some mental issues and some substance abuse issues in the past, and it has been cannabis. I'm on record. I'm I'm sure you know I've told you about this. I wrote to Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, and I said, you know what? Stop giving these guys opioids already, will you please? And just get them on to CBD, THC and CBD. Use the cannabis that's out there. It's it's medically accepted in more than half the states in America anyway. Take the lead on this because you're only going to be doing right for your employees at that time. Um, it's been part of basketball, though. For a long time. In fact, when David Stern inherited the commissionership, he had a problem with cocaine in the league, which is a lot different, as we both know, about than cannabis. Um, what's your feel? Just a feeling, an opinion. Is it time for the professional leagues to just stop, you know, maintaining, you know, well, it's, an, it's still a federally illegal substance. Shouldn't we just embrace it and use it the way uh, most people have had? Have Tough, it's a tough question. That's what I'm here for. It's I know for the tough question. I ask the, the tough questions. I don't want I'm, and I want a good answer. I don't. I you know it's a, it's a tough situation. You have people paying a lot of money to watch the players, mm-hmm. and there has to be some control over this. You don't want to be seeing players smoking weed and being high. It's not a schoolyard game. This is a big money game here. So, I you know I don't really have the answer. And I don't know what happened with Josh Gordon because we'll never know what the real medical right. reason is. Right. And I don't know what the NBA. Um, record is, you know, I don't know what the, what. But well, they don't they don't test for it anymore. Okay, I don't. I, they're I, not I, testing for it, and because right. they knew that the whole league's using it anyway, and uh, and I think that's really the, the important thing is they've kind of accepted the fact that this is basically a harmless substance. Now, I will tell you that I've had the experience on in the weeds, uh, talking with Eric Martin, 
who was a uh, professional football player for six or seven years, has since retired to go into the cannabis business because he maintains he played better when he played for the Patriots under the influence of cannabis. What's your reaction to that? Hey, good for him. Man. That's what I said, too. I said, I played my best game when I was high once in high school, right? Yeah, I, just, I, I don't know if I played a game, but I had a practice or two. But a couple of times I lost the ball and didn't even know it. <laughs> but at this program in the weeds with Jimmy Young is available on clnsmedia.com. Just go to the dashboard, click on the leaf in the uh, on their homepage, and you will find the In the Weeds logo. Click on that. You'll find our all of our stuff on cannabis there. The Cannabis Multimedia Network is now live, and you'll see some of the biggest names in cannabis that you can get links to and find out anything you want to know about education, about different strains, about where you can find it, where you can't find it, all that neat stuff, all the latest in the news, all is that available on the Cannabis Multimedia Network. And as always, you can also find this podcast on iHeartRadio, on Stitcher, on iTunes. Please subscribe, share it, like it. And a video version is available on theweedtube.com. Just search In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. We are supported by the Revolutionary Clinics in Cambridge and in Somerville where the patient comes first. Now offering infused beverages at Rev Clinics and they always have the patient in mind first. Log on to revolutionaryclinics.org or visit their locations at 67 Broadway in Somerville or 110 Fawcett Street in Cambridge in the Fresh Pond area. For our technical director, Steve Helmuth, our executive producer, Joyce Gerber, I'm Jimmy Young. We'll see you next time in next year on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. In the Weeds is a podcast produced at the studios of Little Park Media in Wellesley, Massachusetts for the listening enjoyment of our audience. None of the opinions or advice on this program should be considered medical advice or a substitute for seeing a certified medical marijuana practitioner or your local physician. All opinions and thoughts on this show do not necessarily represent the management of CLNS Media Group or Little Park Media.